Vernomatic Productions. Are you ready? Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music. Interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. A proud member of the Pantheon podcast team. It's getting nice and heavy. Now, welcome our hosts. John the Vernomatic Verno, and direct from New Jersey, Metal Walt. Good evening, everybody. Happy, heavy New Year to all. As always, new content drops Thursday nights. Wow, 2024. It's the start of our fifth year here at Metal Mayhem ROC, and we're excited. We uh, have a lot of great surprises for you this year, a lot of big advancements, uh, it's going to be epic, as they say. Well, we're blowing it out right out of the gate, as tonight we're joined by both Biff Byford and Nigel Glockler of the legendary new wave of British heavy metal band Saxon. The band's releasing their 24th studio album next Friday, January 19th. So we have Biff on here to talk about the album, the tracks, uh, Brian Tatler of Diamond Head joining the band, uh, how they wrote these songs, how the new writing combination uh, worked out. Talk about the Armana Marth Saxons and Vikings video shoot. He discloses the band's appreciation for heavy metal battle jackets. Fuck, I even have an old school meddler from Penfield, New York, that had a run in with Biff back in the 80s, giving him his metal jacket. So it's really a lot of cool stories. That's followed by an exclusive interview we did this past Monday night on our radio show with Nigel. The band released their U.S. spring tour dates, and so Nigel was on the show, and we talked about the dates, the locations, set lists, what they're going to be playing, what they're not going to be playing. So we have two state-of-the-art content-related interviews. That's what you get here at Metal Mayhem ROC. But before we get into this, just remind you, if you're new to the show, Get up to our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Sign up for our newsletter. That's our way to stay in touch with you on new podcasts, radio show alerts, uh, new video interviews, uh, CD reviews, whatever we're doing. We appreciate you listening and viewing. If you feel inclined to, leave us a review. But always remember to subscribe to either the YouTube channel or this channel. All right, let's get into this. For my co-host, Metal Walt, I'm the Vernomatic, and we are Metal Mayhem ROC. Biff, welcome to Metal Mayhem. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. It's good to be there. Yeah. Sitting here in my sort of darkness. Great. <laughs> well, it's not dark here in Rochester. That's where I am. I'd like to introduce you to my co-host, Metal Walt. He's down in New Jersey. Great. Been to New Jersey quite a lot. Nice place. Oh, thank you very much. And I've uh, <laughs> I've seen you guys many a times at the legendary BBP BB Kings Club on Times Square, which is no longer there. But many a no great Saxon there. show. No longer yeah, there. No longer there. Yeah, it's a pity. A lot of these venues, uh, you know, that have got history are disappearing. It's the same in it's the same in the UK. But you know, that's that's how it goes. You know. So Biff, I have a question. Um, off the bat, 
on the new album, you know, Hellfire and Damnation. I think when you eventually retire, you should become a college history professor <laughs> because you seem to know a lot about world history and sort of mis- mystery. You're a very well 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 versed guy. Give you credit. Yeah, I'm very well. I'm very well read. Uh, I'm very yeah. I'm very, yeah. I like history. It interests me. I was pretty pretty, and I was pretty interested in the history at school. I, I like music and history. That's about it, actually. Um, so <laughs> I like working with wood, but that's another story. But um, yeah, I was sort of into music and history, and uh, not so not so good at maths and English, but. I got better as I got older, but um, now I was into the history, and um, yeah, it, it's sort of it's sort of it's an interesting, you know, to sing about it. Like I'm a bit of a storyteller, so history is great for doing that. Well, there's only so many albums in years you can write about sex, drugs, and rock and roll and heavy metal and party, right? <laughs> yeah, eventually yeah, you got to get something else. Yeah, you, yeah, you run out, you run out of steam a little bit, right? In the same rock and roll, the rock and roll, you know, road stories, and you know, and it just gets a bit, uh, it gets a bit boring after a while, and you got to move on a bit, you know. Absolutely. Well, you you touch on a lot of those great subjects. Uh, obviously, the album kicks off with a little bit of something about, let's say, religion or the biblical aspect, which you do write in a lot of your tracks through the years, but the prophecy which leads into Hellfire and Damnation, the title track. I mean, hey, you get Brian Blessed, that, you know, 87-year-old actor to do a spoken word thing, amazing. And then that title track, it's just epic. And what a video for that. So talk a little bit about that track and the church. What church did you film that video in? Well, we, we actually, uh, well, I'll, I'll go with Brian first. Brian's, Brian's a friend of ours. We've known him for, for some time. He, he's from the same part of Yorkshire, in, in the UK where we are from. He's introduced us on stage a couple of times. He's really into metal music. Uh, so he's a big fan and, uh, you know, we love his work. He's got a fantastic voice. So I just asked him, I, I wrote him a message saying, I've got these words, you know, the prophecy. Would you do it for me, you know, speak it? And he said, yeah, I'll do it for you. So we're very lucky actually to get him because he's, um, you know, one, he's very famous, two, he's very busy. And three, he's quite old now, so you know he might have gone, turned around, and said no, you know. So, uh, so yeah, we, I wanted someone to explain the song, but the Hellfire Damnation, um, you know, it's about the fight between good and evil. Uh, I mean, Brian Tankler from Diamond Head, then our new guy, uh, came up with that guitar riff. That is the killer riff, you know. Uh, he played it to me. I was going, "Good God, that's a killer riff!" And I had this idea for doing a song called Hell and Damnation, and we, I just put it all together, and it, it sounded beautiful, you know. Well, that answers a question I was going to have. So Brian did contribute to the, write, <laughs> or the writing of this because it had a different feel. So how much did Brian well, write he, into this album? Well, he, we, we, weren't, we didn't ask him to write on the album. It's just that we were in a bit of a rush to get the album finished for this tour in March that we're starting with Judas Priest and Garnet. So we were up against the uh, we were up against it a bit and so were Judas Priest. So Judas Priest were using Andy Sneed, our producer, who was over in Las Vegas doing their album. And we were over here doing our album. Uh, that's where I came in with the production a little bit. So we're rushing, 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 rushing all the time really. So um 
Yeah, I mean, Brian, I just asked Brian out of the blue, have you got any ideas, Brian? You know, anything in your back pocket that's, you know, you think we could use? So he sent me he sent me five or six songs, and one of them, like, absolutely blew my socks off. And uh, I had this idea about doing this song about good and evil. Uh, so, yeah, I was saying, I'm going to take that riff and make it into a song, and that's what I did. So we didn't intend him to write on the album, but... The circumstances led that way. It's really magical, really. I mean, we're really sad that Paul Paul Quinn's not with us anymore. But by Paul doing what he did, opened opened the door for us, and we sort of went through it. And uh, this magical thing happened with Brian having this guitar riff, uh, which is how find ammunition. Uh, I mean, it worked out perfect. sort of like a sports team, next man up. But uh, talking about <laughs> talking about that video, <laughs> not really. Well, you know, it's like so the starter goes down. You got to bring in, uh, you know, next man up. And Bri- well, well, the thing is, Brian had already already knew loads of Saxon songs because when Paul was ill with COVID, <laughs> we asked Brian to learn the songs so he could stand in with Paul. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, Paul got better and. Brian didn't book, didn't do it. So when we asked Brian if he wanted to, like, you know, take Paul's place playing live, he was like, yeah, I'll do it, definitely. So just one thing led to another, and really. Pl- and that's and plus, you guys are brothers. You know, you, you, you've been friends for 40, 40 plus years. So it was just an eat. Oh, I mean, he's a legend. Yeah. He's, he's definitely a, a riff monster. And, uh, and so is Mr. Quinn. So we replaced one legend with another legend. And, uh, a lot of people didn't see it coming. They were like, whoa, you know, that's fantastic. So we just toured with him across Europe, festivals, just been to Latin America. And uh, the fans like him, you know, they love, love his playing. Listen, before and he fits great with before that. we put Hellfire uh, to bed, I just want to compliment you on the video. The, the editing is fantastic. It's nice and slow. You could actually like look at the people. Sometimes these videos, they're so fast that you don't know where you're looking at. Yeah, they are. And, um, yeah. yeah, we shot it in a, you asked me where we shot it, right? Sorry, I yeah. forgot about that one. Yes. We shot it in a, in a cathedral, uh, in a monastery in Manchester in the north of England. So they've got this, uh, they've got this big monastery cathedral that's been decommissioned. And they, they have, like, concerts and things in there. So we rented it for two days, and that's where we shot it, in, in the actual uh, church cathedral. So I think it fits the theme quite nice. And it was Absolutely. it was nice that it wasn't uh, overabundance of lyrics. A lot of times these lyric videos, the forefront of the video is the lyrics. But it was nice to see uh, your fantastic-looking uh, mug throughout the video. It's a, it's a plus. I'm <laughs> good, thanks. So, Biff, uh, a little side note to this, uh, talking about religion, I have younger kids, so we take them to Sunday CCD, I'm Catholic, and after we do the Our Father prayer, there's a statement in Catholicism that says, for the kingdom and the power and the glory are yours now and forever, and every moment on Sunday, I go right to power and glory, and I'm like, fucking Saxon, man! <laughs> yeah, well, that's the, the, that's called the Lord's Prayer, isn't it? The one you're talking about. Yes. You know, to, the valley of death and all that sort of, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I took that idea of power and the glory, full pro- obviously from the Bible, uh, you know, to the power and the glory forever and ever. Um, and left that bit out, obviously, but used the power and the glory part. 
I mean, right. it's a strong, strong two words, that power and the glory. And uh, it's the same with the Hellfire Damnation. You know, it's it's got massive religious overtone. When I was a boy, you know, I was very, uh, I was brought up quite religious. Uh, I think you'll probably say, I did go, we did do Roman Catholic. My mom used to play the church organ. So I used to go to quite a lot of these things. We did some Catholic stuff, but most of it was like Methodist or uh, Protestant, you know, Church of England. So well, I was brought up quite religious and that. Uh, so I know all about the, uh, you know, the uh, the end of days and Armageddon and all that sort of stuff, you know, because um, you know, Hellfire Winston preachers used to come through and tell us, tell the young people how, you know, Satan will take our soul and all that sort of stuff. So not quite, so, you know, you know <laughs> Tracy time. Really. Right. Well, you're with me every in spirit and him every Sunday as I get up there. So, oh, well, there uh, you go. That's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> so the second track, Biff, uh, Madame Guillotine. I mean, you talk about a, a contrast, right? This one yet becomes catchy and very melodic and really cool little bass open. And and what we love the best about this, there's a lot of sarcasm and very clever and humorous lyrics tied back to the title. So talk a little bit about this track. Well, the, again, this is the Brian track as well. This is the Brian riff, and I heard it, and I had this idea to do a song about the French Revolution, you know, Marie Antoinette getting her head chopped off by the guillotine, and the French used to call it Madame Guillotine. I think it was a bit of a sick joke, you know, you're, you're meeting Madame Guillotine tomorrow. Uh, so the, the natural lyrics are quite, uh, quite dark, but I wanted to do the chorus a little bit like an Alex Cooper thing, you know, a bit more like uh, theatrical. So the, all that, um, you know, let me introduce you to Madame Guillotine, but please don't lose your head. It's a bit um, double entendre there, where you can, like, lose your head on the guillotine or lose your head drinking too much or, you know, just, it's just, uh, I, I like it. It's a nice, I like the touch. You know, I was, like, thinking, should I put that in there? I thought, yeah, put it in there, it's cool. It's a good one. Very catchy and accessible. I like it, too. Real good contrast between the first two tracks. Yeah, I wanted it that way. I wanted it to be like full-on metal and then maybe a bit more melodic metal, you know, after it. Sort of a bit um, bit more sort of, well, more, more, more melody there. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah. And we smash into, I think we smash into Fire and Steel. And, and, and you know, and old, that's metal. Old, yeah. That's fast. That's guitar. That's drums. And I could see that in the live set. We'll get to that. But yeah, talk about Fire and Steel. Well, Fire and Steel is about a, a, a city called Sheffield, uh, you know, probably made famous by Death Leopard. That's where they mm -hmm. come from, Sheffield. But when I, was a, when I was a teenager, we used to go to Sheffield. It wasn't far where we used to live. We used to go there and watch all the bands and the pubs. On the city hall and the theatre. When I saw many, many bands there, uh, so you're right, Epa, actually, with Deep Purple in the 70s there. And uh, it's famous for steel. If you if you eat doing that from Pork in the 70s, then it was it was probably made in Sheffield. Um, they made they made steel from a space shuttle and all sorts of things. But um, yeah, that's what it's about. Fire and steel. It's about Sheffield. It's about my where I used to go and. Uh, and see music, you know, learn, you know, what I wanted to be better. The track, um, there's something in Roswell. Obviously, does it have the UFO connection? Not the band, but the topic. Talk about this song. Well, 
Roswell is a ground zero for UFO enthusiasts. Uh, the question is, are you a believer or not? That's the question. I mean, I'm a believer. I think something happened in Roswell. I'm not fanatical, but I like I like the I like the thought that something actually crashed there for another planet or another solar system. It's an interesting story, and uh, it all started in Roswell. And I'm you know I'm saying what I think. There's something in Roswell. Tell us the truth. Come on. I like the fuzzy guitar that opens the song because it sounds like, you know, like yeah, we're imagining like that, that TV yeah, UFO like that. coming over your head, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like the Outer Limits program we used to be back in the day. We used to sit and watch that and freak ourselves out. But um, yeah, I mean, some of the older people will remember the Outer Limits. Always stories about aliens and vampires. Looking great. Hey, Biff, in all your uh, bus trips across the states through decades, did you ever go through that area and go up to the stop sign with the dust bowls rolling around where it says, no longer can enter, this is government property? You mean Area 51? Yeah. Yeah, I've been to Area 51, but I've never been to Roswell. But when, when we come back in April, if, if, we, if we're down in Texas, I'm going, I'm going to go there and have an alien burger. What is that? It's it's a, they're doing alien burger in the in the in the in the cafe that's shaped like a wine saucer. So uh, I'm going to go there. Maybe we'll shoot a video there. That'd be cool. But I, I think the next the, the next single that comes out is going to be somewhere in Roswell. That's a, it's a great groove that song. I, I like it. Yeah, it is a it really it is a good one. So again, it goes back to the point of. Very interesting and diverse topics that when you look, oh, yeah. usually when you go and look at a new album, you know, your your brain first says it connects to the music where you say, oh, is this my favorite, one of my favorite bands? Oh, yeah, this is the sound I'm looking for. And then you kind of connect to the lyrics later. In a sense, you yeah, got man. both with you guys. You got the music and you got some really cool storylines. Yeah, I think I think it's interesting. Like you say, you can only write so many songs about Thanks to Dr. Rockwell. And so, you know, you have to, it's going to be interesting, and I think, I think you know, it's. I don't know if anybody actually you know reads all the lyrics and things, but if if you if you go to like if you don't know anything about say the you know the Salem witch trials, you can go on Google and look on Wikipedia, and it tells you all about it, and it's a it's a big thing that happened you know in history that uh, it's crazy times, and uh, it's really good to write lyrics about it because. It, it's real and it's a story about real people that really happened back in and those days. Exactly. And that's exactly like what happens on a track like Kublai Khan and the Merchant of Venice, right? Where, yeah. you know, it's that song musically, it's got that classic Saxon new wave of British heavy metal sound. And, you know, but the storyline comes into the forefront. And what I think is amazing about that track is those mid song riffs and soloing. And that's apparent on a couple of the songs where the shredding between Doug and, and Brian is just fucking killer. Yeah, it is. The guitar solo are excellent on, on their album. And, uh, you know, they went, I think they went to where I thought about it a bit and then and then came back and just jammed them down, you know. Uh, they did, so, did a few of the solos at my studio at home and they did some of the solos with Andy. But I think the guitar work on the album is stunning, actually. 
The album comes in under about 40 minutes, 11 tracks, give or take, considering the, you know, the prophecy what that is. But the, the continuity and the flow to the album, you know, each song gets in and gets out. Pirates of the Airwaves. Here's a like under four minute song. Uh, great low end and groove. The overall pace is fantastic. It's a straightforward but catchy main riff. Really strong chorus and great solos. That's what I got out of it. Let's talk about Pirates because, again, we're circling back to this guitar work. It's a, it's a Shredder album, if you will. Yeah, I mean, Pirates of the Airwaves. Is that what we're talking about, Pirates of the Airwaves? Yeah, Pirates of the Airwaves. Yeah, well, it, again, it's, you know, when I was like a young teenager, like 13, well, 13, 14, something like that. I can't remember how old it was. But in England, well, basically in the U.K., there was no uh, there was no nighttime radio. The radio finished at ten o'clock, and everything went black and dark. Same with the television that finished at ten o'clock. Uh, so you were expected to go to bed and be a good little boy, and then get up and go to school <laughs> the next day. So we used to listen to all these pirate radio stations that had you know Rolling Stones and the Kinks and all those early all those sixties bands on there. And we'd sit up all night, you know, listening to these uh, songs on radio. And it caused a revolution in England. You know, the swing U60s, that started with pirate radios, you know, mini skirts, you know, long hair, just rebel music. And uh, the BBC had to open its own radio station for, for, for us young people back then. So it was a great, great time, actually. Well, actually, to tell you the truth, Biff, I got my start in radio hosting a late-night heavy metal show. Listen, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to wrap up the review of the album. We're going to find out what happens when Saxons and Vikings get together for real and talk about that U.S. spring tour. We'll be right back. Metal Mayhem ROC. Metal. I'm Metalhead. Metal Mayhem ROC is the home for metal from the very beginnings. This is James Rivera from Hellstar. You're listening to Burn Omatic. Dave Overkill from the Cleveland band Destructor. Hey, Dave, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. It's a long time headliner. Hey, this is Red Beach from White Snake. Hey, this is Vinny Apathy from Dio, Black Sabbath, and Last in Line. To music of today. Hi, this is Olaf Wickstrom from Enforcer. Hi, this is Braun from Mastodon. You're listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. With John the Vernomatic Burner. Plus, we talk with producers and authors to give you behind-the-scenes info. Hi, this is William Merwin, author of The Meaning of Metallica, Ride the Lyrics. Greg Renoff, the author of the book Van Halen Rising, and the uh, Ted Templeman book, A Platinum Producer's Life in Music. Pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Metal Mayhem ROC. A proud member of the Pantheon podcast team. Giving you more to listen for. Join our community. And always remember to keep it heavy. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. 
with Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. 1066, man. I mean, the Battle of Hastings, another history lesson. It was the year the Saxons were slain, and listen, it's 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 it's, right. it's got a metal march, and it has a battle feel. I mean, you guys thought it through around the topic and the title, and you accomplished it. Talk about ten sixty six. Well, ten sixty six. Every everybody, every schoolboy knows what ten sixty six was. When I was a boy, anyway, I don't know about now. Maybe it's not working, but back in the day. We were all talked about the you know the Vikings and the Saxons and the Saxons and the Normans and uh, I did a song with uh, my friends Man and Matt uh, called Saxons and Vikings mm. and uh, you know I co-wrote that with uh, with you and the lyrics and uh, I thought we did it and I thought the new one you know and the Saxons and Vikings was like I don't know so seven hundred and something and the 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 you know, Battle of Ten Sixty like three hundred years later. But it was a natural, you know, the Saxons beat the Vikings and then the Normans beat the Saxons in 1066. So it's uh, it's a great thing to sing about, you know. It's uh, I'm, I'm surprised nobody's done it before, actually. I'm surprised, I'm surprised Iron Maiden haven't done 1066. You know, it's the sort of thing Maiden would do there. They're into the history, history of lyrics as well, so... But, um, you know, they didn't do so. We got to do it. So that's yeah. Good. And I, I will tell you, uh, talking about the Amon Marth video, <laughs> John and I were watching that video last night. It's great. <laughs> I mean, the song is great, but the video it's itself awesome. where the two bands come together for battle, like, holy crap. <laughs> like, where was that? Did, were you guys on tour maybe in the summer in Europe, one of these big festivals? And well, it was, it was, it was in, um, now, just before, it was, it was after Paul retired and just before we brought Brian in. So they asked us to go to Latvia, I think, which is up in the Baltics, 
or to shoot the video because you couldn't get away with that sort of stuff in England. The health and safety, you know, you couldn't because these guys that were fighting were really going for it. You know, they were professional sort of uh, reenactors, uh. if you know what I mean. So yeah, it was great walking through the battles, and uh, yeah, it was good fun. You know, we shot it over two days, and uh, yeah, great weather and great location. It's supposed to be in England, uh, you know, the Battle of Stanford, I think. But, um, you know, we couldn't do that in England. It wouldn't work. The big police and ambulance and all sorts of people there. <laughs> Same, we couldn't do it. So it was, so good. The, it was good, really good fun. I, I like it the is. video. It's great. It's great. You know, when I come in singing, it's like, whoa. You know, it's like, whoa, gone then. I so mean, a lot of that video was, it wasn't uh, computer generated. That was actual. No, none of, none of it is computer generated. It all actually happened. There was about. Uh, there was about 40, uh, 40 actors there, you know, uh, battling, you know, uh, people that are trained with swords and axes and shields. Oh. And, uh, yeah, that was all going on. I had my army, you know, the Saxon army behind me. And, uh, yeah. They had their army, the Vikings, in, in behind them. And we walked towards each other through the woods and then met in some clearing. It's pretty good fun, actually. You know, really good fun. I do have a question about the guitar solo. Is that, uh, I see Paul's in there, but is that Brian doing the no, lead or before, is that, a, no, that or is that a lobby? No, no, that was before Brian. There's Doug and Paul there. So, I mean, Paul had retired and uh, we said, do you want to go up there and uh, do the video? He said, yeah, I'll go. So we took Paul up there. It works pretty good. That's great. Well, I just saw the long blonde hair, and I know Alavi from uh, Amman doesn't have the long blonde hair, and it was so fast the video, and so yeah. I wanted to ask you about yeah. it. Does, does, does yeah, he speak like a, that? Probably does, does he speak water. like that in 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 person? He's, <laughs> or does he when he has a pint on the <laughs> side? Is he like, hey, Pip? That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty normal when he's uh, talking. Like most most of the guys that sing in, in the deep, you know, uh, sort of yeah. uh, otherworldly voices that are pretty normal talking people. They don't, they don't, you don't like. <laughs> now they talk normal. I hope yeah. that uh, maybe maybe next summer I if you're playing uh, Grass Pop or one of these big festivals, you uh, you guys are on the same bill. You guys, one of you guys can do play that song and get you up there. That would be good to see that one up on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, that would be special yeah. to see it. Yeah. So well, yeah. um, one of my favorites on the album, Witches of Salem, I mean, who doesn't like a song that opens with screaming, burning witches? But what makes this one unique, <laughs> it's kind of mid-place but heavy, and I feel like it's got a little bit of a blues swagger to it. And that's well, yeah. best guitar work on the album at the end on that one. Yeah, it's, um, it's very sort of, uh, you know, it's a very 1980s style song. You know, it's uh, it's that got that sort of bluesy riff on it, uh, which is pretty cool, really. Uh, and and to sing uh, thing about the Witches of Salem on that type of riff, you would think it wouldn't work, but it does work really well, you know. Yeah. Well, the the album ends with a great title and a supercharger, another classic fast Saxon song. Um, Maybe singing about motorcycle racing, lots of shredding. It's about it's about drag racing. Uh, we used to go and watch uh, when the American Mad Bases were pretty big in in England. 
we used to go to a place called Santa Pod where the American American uh, GRs and things used to build these drag racers and race them there. And we we had never seen it before. We used to go down there quite a lot. So the songs about drag racing basically. And um, yeah, I mean, I think um, you know it's 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 a great riff that uh, it's Douglas Scattered riff. And uh, I wanted to close the album with a bang, not go out on a ballad. So it works really well, I think, that song. Oh, it definitely uh, finishes it appropriately. Well, Biff, we have to address the elephant in the room, and that's the much-anticipated announcement of the U.S. dates. America's America's been a little PO'd because we haven't gotten our fill. Carpe Diem was, I mean, COVID took care of that. Carpe Diem, we didn't see it. I know you can't release dates, can you give us a tease on states? Well, yeah. is it going to be a whole country? As far as as far as I'm aware, it starts on April the 23rd in Fort Lauderdale in Florida. That's what that's what I've seen, and it goes up the east coast. So it, it's probably going to be passing your area. Definitely. Uh, well, we have Please. two areas. Fortunately, Walt's down in the New York area. I'm Western New York, Rochester. Yeah, but I, now, think, I think there's quite a few shows in, in those areas, is what I'm uh, saying. I don't, okay. think we, I don't think at the moment it's not a, a coast-to-coast tour. I think it goes from the East Coast across to the Midwest, maybe down into Texas, and then I think there's going to be a part two later on where we take up from, you know, from Texas over to the West Coast. So... I think, uh, you know, with, I think it's a seven-week tour, so we'll be playing a lot of cities, definitely. All right. Well, I think the rivet heads in the Metal Mayhem ROC community will be happy with the news that we're going to bring back to them. Uh, and you have Uriah Heap on the bill, which is it's just a great opening band. I mean, you're going to yep. be touring with them with Priest in the UK, and uh, but what a great bill. Yeah. Yeah, it's a co-headliner show, so, you know, we'll be closing some shows and they'll be closing another show. Uh, it depends down to Florida. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, the, the we, we need to, um, you know, people, you know, our American audience are growing and growing all the time where we're, we're, people are coming back to us that were big fans in, in, on the Power and Glory Crusader tours and a lot of young fans are getting into us now. So uh, on, the, on the Hellfire Damnation, I think, Six percent of the hits are from the USA, so which means you know our profile's gone up quite a lot there. While we haven't been there, uh, we did some pretty good tours. We did Motorhead, we did Jewish Priest, we did UFO. So we've played to a lot of people before COVID. So let's hope that uh, everybody remembers. But we've got a new album now. The album's a monster, you know. So people can buy the album, CD, stream it. We don't care what they do, really. Buy the vinyl, buy the CD. Stream the album, steal it, buy it, borrow <laughs> it. We don't care. Get a copy and come see us live. That's what it's all about. January 19th, Hellfire and Damnation out everywhere. Uh, Biff, uh, how can people stay in touch with Saxon? Yeah, the, the, our website, which, which you know, people don't really bother with web, but the website is saxon747.com. You can go on there. Uh, our Facebook site is just Saxon, you know, you can go on. If you Google Saxon band, it comes up. So you can go on Facebook. We're on, uh, we're on quite a few. I don't think we're on TikTok, but we're on uh, 
you know, we're on quite a few of those uh, of those of those things. But you know, um, yeah. So yeah, we're all over the place. We're putting the Saxon band. You'll find us, and you can pre-order the album there, so you get it on the first day of release, which is January nineteenth. Well. Biff, uh, this has been a pleasure, and uh, we wish you the best with this album. Listen, John and I and you, I will tell you this. We were born to raise hell. We had Kim McAuliffe from Girl School on <laughs> yeah. earlier in the year, and we talked about your killer cover of that song that included your buddy Phil Campbell. So born to raise hell, Biff, and we'll see you in New York and New Jersey in the spring. Yeah, yeah definitely. We're coming, and uh, keep the faith, and uh, we'll see you all there. And yeah, buy the album, support the band we're coming. Uh, Biff, I have one parting shot, and this is oh, a long walk. Do. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> one long walk down heavy metal memory lane. It was uh, the spring of 1987. You're up in Rochester, New York at the Penny Arcade. You're about to do denim and leather, and my buddy has a jacket. You grabbed it, and you put it on, and you sang the song, and it's a legendary tale he shares with us. Tell me you remember the incident. Well, I do remember the incident because it's a bit of a trademark of ours now because a lot of these early shows, you know, as soon as people had phones, they started videoing this, uh, people throwing jackets on the stage, battle jackets. So it's become a bit of a thing now. Uh, you know, we just came back from Mexico, absolutely crazy. But I think, you know, it's a unique thing to Saxon. I, I think... You know, people do throw things on stage for a lot of bands, but very few bands will wear them. So, you know, I'll, if we get battle jackets on stage, I'll stop the band and we'll put everybody, I'll make everybody wear a battle jacket, you know, a denim jacket, which is pretty unique to Saxon, I think. But, yeah, I probably, w- I probably would remember it if I thought truly. I mean, what did it have on the jacket? I tend to me- remember the jacket. Did it have, what did it have on there? Alice Cooper? I don't something. know, man. It was it was well, 40 years to, ago. Have to go back and ask him. Okay? <laughs> I will save it for the next one, but uh, yeah, definitely. All right, well, Biff, thank you, and I uh, will let you get going. And um, good luck, stay healthy, and we'll see you on tour. Yeah, we'll see you on tour. Bring your jackets, don't forget. Uh, yeah, it's gonna, all right. Gonna be there. Gonna be there in April and until June, so it's a long time. Cheers, man. Yeah, you too. Cheers. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> Biff, he's such a cool, cool dude. True metal legend. He's been doing this 45 years, man. It's just, he just waves the flag. All right, listen, we're going to finish up this episode with a live interview we did with Nigel Glockler this past Monday night, January 8th. The, the band released their North American tour dates this past Monday, and we had them on our live radio show to talk about the tour, um, the set list, and all up-to-the-minute info. Just remember, you could find everything Metal Mayhem ROC related at our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Very user-friendly, state-of-the-art website. You could uh, go directly to our YouTube channel. You could Go directly to our live radio show on Monday nights. You can listen to new podcasts and archive podcasts right there. Our, our team does a great job assembling that. So, again, MetalMayhemROC.com. Join our community by signing up for the newsletter and stay in touch with us and get notifications on everything. All right, here we go. Uh, me and Southern Cal interviewing Nigel Glockler this past Monday night on Metal Mayhem ROC Live. 
Have a great weekend. And remember, the album comes out next Friday, January 19th. It's everywhere. Get it. Buy it. Support it. Get tour tickets. Fucking A, man. It's 2024. Raise the flag. I'm the Vernomatic, and this is Metal Mayhem ROC. Music from Gates of Paradox, the title track from their last release. Again, opening up for Armored Saint up here in Rochester in May. Get yourself, check out the band, go to Bandcamp, friend them on Facebook, and get into the music. All right, well, it's five minutes to seven o'clock, and we have on the line from, I think, Dallas, Texas. Nigel Clockler, you're down (laughs) in Dallas, Nigel. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Good, good. (laughs) Welcome. Hey, thank you for having me. So um, the dates are released. U.S. Saxon yep. Uriah Heap joint tour. Um, yep. How excited are you? Get back into the states. Tell us about it. Oh, great! You know, there's quite a lot. There's a lot of shows there, and I think there's more. There's more coming as well. Um, so yeah, no, I think it'll be a great tour actually. Yeah, I noticed that. I'm sorry. I'm, I noticed there's a lot of East Coast dates, Midwest dates. Yeah, uh, you said more coming. Are you guys going to be hitting the West Coast up? I, I hope so. I presume so. It's just at the moment, you know, with the routing, it's like you just have to be careful of routing and also you have to be, you know, watch availability. So, you know, but we always love playing the West Coast, so I'm sure something will, something will crop up. Two weeks ago, we had a chance to speak with Biff surrounding the, the brand new Hellfire and Damnation release that's coming out on the 19th. And yeah. he he happened to mention that on this run, it was just East Coast. And then you go over to Europe and do the festival gigs. Yeah. And then, then then coming over for the West Coast. So West Coast, U.S., you'll get your dose of uh, Saxon. <laughs> uh, all these years, all these albums, uh, how do you put a set list together? And does it rotate between the different parts of the world? Yeah, I mean, a lot of that comes into it. I mean, obviously, when you go out when you go out on tour, the main thing, I'm not talking about festivals, I'm talking about on tour, the main thing is to promote your album, you know. But but obviously, then again, you've got to, you know, there are certain favourites you've got to play. You get lynched if you didn't put them in, you know. And, uh, <laughs> which, make, which makes it difficult because, you know, different countries have different sort of favourites, you know. So, yeah, it's it's a bit of a nightmare at times but you know i mean sometimes we we sort of play around with it during the tour you know and or we or we might have um a sort of um you know give the fans the audience the option you know in the middle of the set we'll say well we can play this one or this one or this one whichever one gets the loudest cheer we're going to do you know well, there you go i like that <laughs> This old sod, it will play all three of them. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. well, let me ask you this: Are you going to be uh, breaking any anything out of the vault? Something you haven't played in, you know, how how many, however many years? I, that I cannot say at the moment. I mean, we're still sort of sorting out what we're going to play at the moment. You know, so that's that's uh, that's an ongoing thing. So still working on the set list. Obviously, you'll you'll have some of the new songs in it, which this. Yeah. Yeah. This album is just killer, killer stuff on here. Ten killer songs, um, <laughs> like Verno said, available January 19th on Silver Lining Records. All right. Now, talking about the new songs, how yeah. many of them have you rehearsed? How many are ready to go? Is it? Tell us about that. Um, well, I mean, you know, it's we sort of um, rehearsed and everything before we recorded. 
and everything. And um, no, I mean, we're going to be going into some sort of some rehearsals. We don't actually like to rehearse that much. I've got to be honest with you, you know. But um, no, we'll, I mean, we'll 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 be doing some rehearsals over here before before we hit the road. And it's uh, but I mean, we're all pretty familiar with the songs anyway because it wasn't that long ago that we actually recorded them. You know, well, uh, yeah, uh, ten songs. Some of my favorites on there: "The Fire and Steel," and yeah. I really was digging "Pirates of the Airwaves," mainly right. because I had a connection to it. You know, they had old um, after we heard the story, but you could tell it was uh, had a radio theme and a radio feel. Yeah. Any favorites yeah. from that album for you? Yeah, I mean, I think my, I think probably my favorite off the album is uh, "Madame Guillotine." Great tune, you know. Great tune. I, like, I mean, I think um, I think Biff's lyrics on that, are, you know, some of his best actually, because it's it's actually the song is actually the lyrics are talking from the point of view of the guillotine, so it's the guillotine speaking to you, singing to you, you know. Fortunately, we only have one advanced uh, single we could play, and it's right. that Hellfire and Damnation. I was hoping that there's something in Roswell. The song circulating around the whole UFO thing was <laughs> gonna gonna be released. Is there a new single that you guys are uh, ready to get out there that we can look forward you to? Sing, I haven't I haven't any idea what it's going to be. That I think that I mean we shot uh, you know a few videos while we were over in Europe, and um, so I think they're going to drop a teaser. So I couldn't tell you which one it's going to be. <laughs> you know, your guess is as good as mine. I was about to say, uh, I don't know what the last time you spoke with uh, Biff was, but uh, we sat down with him for an hour. I may have more info available to you than you have. So you never uh, know. <laughs> all right, well, let, let's uh, let's take a deep dive. Uh, the song we've been playing, Hellfire and Damnation. And when we come back with Nigel, we're going to get a few questions from the listeners in the chat room. And Southern Kale's got a couple more questions for you. So here cool. we go from the new one, Hellfire and Damnation, the title track, Saxon, Metal Mayhem ROC Live. How's everything going with uh, Brian Tatler um, since he's joined the band? Yeah, really cool. I mean, he's he's slotted in so well. It's it's great. You know, he had he actually had sort of although, you know, um, you know, last well, the year before last, he nearly did a show with us because because um, Paul was ill. But uh, Paul recovered in time to do it, so he'd sort of rehearsed some of the songs. But I mean, he didn't have that much time to this time to learn the full set, so it was uh, a full on, and he's done amazingly well. All right, over in our chat room, we have a chat room going. We got some questions. Uh, Twitch wants to ask, "What's your favorite Saxon album?" Oh, jeez, I know, I know. It's oh but, um... god, it varies. I mean, I love. I'm really excited about this one. Um, I think another one I was really, really happy with. It, um, it, 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 it all comes down to the vibe of when you're actually recording sometimes. You know, you have certain great memories and things. Um, I mean, I love the album Sacrifice. Okay, okay. Um, and, I mean, another favourite of mine is going right back was my first studio album, which was Pound the Glory, because that was, you know, that was the first studio album I did with the band. And it was, and um, I felt, you know, I mean, Pete Gill had a lot of fans, you know, and I thought I've got something to prove here. 
I couldn't really just pick one, to be quite honest with you. That's hard. Our, bo- our boy Jimmy from the Bronx, last few years ago, you gave a special shout out to him that we run occasionally. He right. wants to comment that thank you for putting this Uriah Heap bill together. Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy's a very loyal listener. He's been to a gazillion concerts and cool. uh, he, uh, I guess he's a Uriah Heap fan. How did the Uriah Heap connection come about? Was it a carryover from a canceled tour of COVID? Is it old friends? How did this come about? They're, I mean, they're old friends. We've done, you know, we've done quite a few shows with them, festivals with them or, or shows with them in, in Germany and stuff in the past. Um, yeah, they're good friends as well. And funnily enough, um, Obviously, this was ages ago, so it was a different Uriah Heap lineup. But um, Uriah Heap was my third ever gig I went to. Nice. (laughs) I think it was on the Demons and Wizards tour, I think. It was on Demons and Wizards or Magician's Birthday. I can't remember. But um, I became really good friends with Lee Kerslake. Uh, When did tickets go on sale? And is there any chance for more dates to be introduced in addition to these for the west yeah. for the east coast i mean i think the tickets are going up pretty soon i think i have i don't i haven't got an exact date to be quite honest with you but i think they're going up pretty soon the thing to watch is just keep an eye on the saxon website you know saxon 747 keep an eye on that and all the info you need will be on that and uh, yeah there are i mean i think there are some more gigs slotting in you know we're just waiting to finalize them i think so all right, perfect. Uh, like I was, I started to say, um, you guys have been out. Uh, uh, you talk about the opening bands, and uh, right before you joined the band, uh, Saxon opened some shows up for Rush in 1980, and um, we were just uh, with the passing of Neil Peart yesterday. Um, we were just wondering if you had had ever had the chance to meet him, and uh, if you got any stories about him to tell. I mean the the anniversary of his passing. Yeah, yes. the anniversary. Yes. Uh, no, I I never got to meet him actually. I mean, as to say, I wasn't in the band at that time, which I was really annoyed about because I would have loved to have got, gone on tour with Rush. You know, never bumped but, into him, huh? No, never never bumped him to him at all. I met um, Alex. Great, what a great guy! Really like him. Nice guy. Really friendly guy. Comedian. But, Oh, yeah, but just a, just a generally, yeah, he's a comedian, but what a generally nice guy he is, you know, and a great, great guitarist. I mean, they're a great band. All right, well, you know what, Nigel, uh, we're going to let you get going, but we want to thank you for joining us again. Uh, Saxon is strong up here at Metal Devastation Radio. Uh, tons of requests. We always have a fun thing we do at the end of the show, usually oh, um, the last oh. half hour. I always play some Saxon, and we uh, everyone jokes about. All right, go to the closet, get your battle vest. We're gonna do a little Saxon, but uh, we're gonna do a little earlier tonight. So everyone, go to your closet, get your battle vest, and we're gonna listen to a track. It was Nigel's debut back in 1983, and he came into the band. It was the power, uh, the the power and the glory album, and the, the track. This town rocks. Nigel, I thank you. You were going to play that. I knew it. Well, it's, <laughs> what do you mean? It's it's not cliche. It's such a killer. Oh, oh yeah. That does that go down as your all-time favorite uh, Nigel Glockler uh, drum lick? <laughs> no, that's great. No, 
I knew you were going to play that track. They go mad whenever we play that track. So, I mean, that's a track, you know, a lot of the time we have to play in America. You know, well, you know what? Uh, Cal's going to see you in Orlando. Me and the Metal Devastation and Metal Mayhem guys will see you down in New York, and we want to hear this. Nigel, thanks for your time, friend. Thank you, Nigel. Cool. Much. Well, we'll have a beer or three. Four, five. Jackson, Metal Devastation Radio. Take care, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Nigel. Appreciate it, man. All right. See you later. Thank you, Nigel. See you soon. Yeah, take care. Bye. Bye. Metal for Life. Thank you for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our website at MetalMayhemROC.com for information on podcasts, archives, links to all our live radio shows, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. And always remember to keep it heavy. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.